Another year has passed, and the Dallas Cowboys have failed in the playoffs. How can they get over the hump by going through the 2024 NFL Draft? I think tackle out of Arizona, Jordan Morgan, will be a great addition to this offensive line. We're going to talk about this and more coming up next. You are locked on NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on X at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout and a senior draft analyst. And guys, thank you for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day. Shout out for being our everydayers. I got to kick this introduction over to my guy, my brother, Mr. LSU himself, Keith Sanchez. You can find and follow him on X at The Talent Code. Keep talking to him, baby. What's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, 2019 National Champ with those LSU Tigers, man. And the other side to this dynamic duo that we call the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, where we talk everything college football, we talk everything NFL football. And like we like to say, it all starts with the NFL Draft. So I want to say shout out to our everydayers. Thank you for tapping in each and every single day. This is the best place for everything NFL draft content. So if you haven't hit the like button, I'm telling you, this is an action-packed show. Go hit the like button. Don't forget to comment after each after each segment, right? And then if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and subscribe to the channel. DP, I'm going to go ahead and say this. How about them Cowboys? We're talking about the Cowboys, the draft needs. We are getting into it. And then we bring it back our segment, man, this or that, right? We have two Alabama corners. Yes, two of them. That could be potential first-round picks that we're going to have a conversation about. And then what? Coach them up, right? When we pick the player, we tell the coaches that this guy has all the skill sets, all the traits, all the physical tools. You just need to coach them up. But, DP, before we get into this, I think this is going to be a Hall of Fame show right here. Before we get into this show, DP, why don't you hit him with our title sponsor? This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code, all lowercase, locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. The Dallas Cowboys, Keith, and when you look at some How of the, about them Cowboys, DP? Right? <laughs> we, we believed in them, yet again, got me with the okie doke, and I'm tired of getting caught with the okie doke. I want the Dallas Cowboys to live up to the hype that they typically have every single season. Some of the, They have some weaknesses, right? And Tyron Smith, uh, I think Tyler Biotish, both guys, you know, starters on this offensive line, are going to be heading into free agency, and for one of the Prospects that, you know, right now, you know, per Tankathon, the Dallas Cowboys are sitting with the 24th pick of the 2024 NFL draft. So, you yep. know, that Olu, Joe Alt, Talese Fuaga is probably gone. J.C. Latham is probably gone. Marius Mims most likely is gone. But, you know, a guy, Keith, that 20, little, you know, a little over 22, he's about 22 years old, standing at 6'6", 320 pounds from the University of Arizona, Jordan Morgan, right? If you don't want to bring back Tyron Smith, right? He was battle injuries, you know, the cost to be a big thing. And even if you did bring him back, you still need, because Terrence Steele had not played great football in 2024. Like, yep. this offensive line needs to 
get, you know, continue to get younger, get more athletic, and just continue to improve. I think Jordan Morgan, you turn on the tape against him versus UCLA, him and you're dealing with Gabriel Murphy, Latu Latu, he handled himself well. I don't believe he gave up a pressure a hurry or sack in that game. He was locked down in that game. You're talking about a guy that has good wingspan, good arm length, but he's got a good recovery agility and, and athleticism. And then he's strong-handed. Even if, you know, he does need to work on, and it's, I say this about most of these tackles I've watched, the hand carriage is kind of iffy and it's wide. And it's just something that they're being taught. But even when you do get your hands into his chest to try and drive him back, he has the strength to plant his feet and anchor and stop the momentum. This is a guy who we're going to see down in the senior bowl. I'm really excited to see what he's able to do uh, there period. But I think he will be a good fit, especially beside Tyler Smith. Another a guy, you know, I think those two as a tandem athletic, physical, strong help in the run game. Cause that power run game is something the Cowboys lack this year. I heard all the Tony Pollard talk. I know blame, people blame Ezekiel Elliott and say, listen, we don't want to pay him no more. He's he's washed up. He didn't look washed up in the England when he got his carries, all right? And you could have used those carries in, in, in Dallas. So I think Jordan Morgan is a, a prospect they definitely should have their eyes on. Yeah, well, DP, I'm going to go ahead and list real quick the, the positional needs, right? When you, you analyze this team and look at this team real quick, you mentioned offensive tackle, right? Then center, right? Like you talked about Tyler Beatish. Then running back, right? You mentioned that. And then also, DP, I'm going to throw in another position, wide receiver, right? And, and I'm going to get into that conversation real quick. And then you look on the defensive side of the football. What are the – what guys do they need to draft, right? What positions of need do they have entering the draft? Interior defensive line is a glaring need, right? And then this is the second – this is the next position, DP. I want this. Linebacker. This is what needs to happen. The Dallas Cowboys front office, they need to stop lying to themselves and telling themselves you have an all-pro linebacker. Michael Parsons is not a linebacker. Michael Parsons is an edge rusher. Put him at edge rusher and let him do what he does best, right? You have a hole at linebacker. So stop analyzing your roster, and then if you see a positional need, you just on your board, right? You just move Michael Parsons back and forth and say, oh, no, we got an all-pro edge rusher and an all-pro linebacker. No, it only counts one. He only gets to count at one position, right? So they need to address the linebacker position. And then also defensive back, I think safety, right? I, I think you can afford to get younger. You can get more versatile. You can get better at the safety position. But I'm going to list off some prospects, DP. First of all, defensive line, right? You talk about Alabama edge defender slash interior defensive lineman, uh, Justin E. Boydby, man. Nobody's talking about him, but you're talking about a technician against the run. Six, three and a half-ish, right? You're talking about strong, sturdy, physical at the point of attack, but also he finished his season with seven sacks, DP. So there's something there for him as a pass rusher, right? And I think they, they need these lunch pail type of guys along this Dallas Cowboys defensive front. Then you don't have to go much further, right? The next defensive lineman I'm going to rattle off to Vondre Sweat. 6'3", you need beef? This guy is 6'3", 350, right? He's a big old boy. Just a, a run stuffer, right? And we've heard the reports, DP. I know you talked about it, right? They dropped Mozzie Smith to 300, I mean, to 290, right? So then that way he can be more versatile. You need run stoppers, right? So go draft this guy to Vondre Sweat. You may be able to get him in the second round. Potentially, we'll see how he tests. Uh, but I, I like that. And then look at the linebacker position. You know what kind of be – Pretty good, and I thought about this, DP, before I went to sleep, I thought about this. You know, the draft is on our mind 24-7, 365 <laughs> nice. over here, right? I said, what if the Dallas Cowboys draft Philadelphia Eagles legend Jeremiah Trotter's son, 
Jeremiah Trotter Jr. And he's exactly what they need at linebacker. You need an instinctual guy. You need a guy that has done it at a high level for a very long time. Now everybody's going to say, oh, he may not run a 4-4 and he may not do this. Guess what? It's, it's just like the safety position, DP. His instincts will make up for that 40 time. And you need a thumper that can simply stop the run because we all thought that it was going to be the 49ers, right? Or the Philadelphia Eagles that get the Dallas Cowboys in the run. And guess what? The Green Bay Packers said, you know what? We're going to do it first, right? We're not going to wait on it. We're going to get to them first. So I think that's the defensive prospects, DP, when you look at Jeremiah Trier, Tavondra Sweat, Justin Boydby to look at. But if you don't mind, I want to switch back to the offensive side of football. Wide receiver. Dak Prescott, when you look at him, right, he, he's a quarterback. I think he likes giving his wide receivers the opportunity to win, right? Mm -hmm. So they're physical, right? Like he wants physical wide receivers, like even that interception that he threw, right? When you're talking about Brandon Hooks running a whip route, you know, like you got to fight through that, right? And he gives his wide receivers the opportunity to win. And in my opinion, as a wide receiver, that's what I want, right? I don't want a quarterback that only throws it when I'm wide open, right? Give me opportunity yeah. to win. And I don't, I, I think there's not a, a, a sneaky pick that I love and I put in my mile draft already. Xavier Leggett, DP, South Carolina wide receiver, Xavier Leggett. I think he can do magic paired with CD Lamb. No, I, I like that, Keith, because, you know, like you said, pairing with CD Lamb, this is a guy who's a better route runner than people want to give credit to. 6'1 yep. to 6'3. We'll get the official measurement down in Mobile. But a guy who topped off at like 22 plus miles per hour on the GPS, you know, on a couple uh, catch and run plays, but also he's got. You know that that he's got yak ability and the, and the ability to make guys miss or fight through contact, but then also dominate at the catch point. He will be to me a souped-up version of what they thought they were getting out of Jalen Tober. But Keith, I want to flip back to the defensive side. You said Jeremiah Trotter Jr. to the Dallas. Cow. I love that, especially because it's probably going to be <laughs> second, third round, right? I think he's going to get yep. the Kobe Dean treatment where he's going to measure in five eleven, six foot, two twenty five, two thirty. People are like, you're not big enough, right? Meanwhile, we'll bring safeties down who are 6'1", like, 215, make, make and say play linebacker. Me, make okay. it make sense for me. I, I don't get it. Make it the make math sense. math ain't mathing, is it now? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> uh, so you get them in the third round, and if you're able to grab a Devondre Sweat, grab a Justin Egboigby, both, you know, if, you know if, if, if you pick one or the other, then, hey, let's beef Mozzie Smith back up. And now you have a strong interior D-line to where Jeremiah Charlie Jr. can sit in the back end and just play linebacker, and they can keep him covered. They can cover him up and allow him to play instinctive football, flow with the ball, let Micah Parsons play full-time edge, and just allow this defense to mature in that way. Because right now, when you can't stop the run, you can't stop anything, man. Yep, no, I agree 100%. DP, we're going to keep continue, right? We'll talk about the Dallas Cowboys because we know where they'll come up. They stay in the headlines, right? But we're trying to fix this roster one position at a time through the NFL draft. Like we said, man, it all starts with the NFL draft. But DP, let's keep this thing going and flowing, man. We're talking this or that, right? Y'all might want to stay tuned because we're pairing two teammates against each other, man. Who are we going to pick this or that coming up next? This next segment is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. So today, I want to say how I really feel about something. You might even be thinking about the same thing later this week. Guys, it's NFL draft season, but I'm also very happy and pleased to be watching NFL playoffs okay so the ability and the opportunity to watch some of the best of the best under the 
best and biggest and brightest lights to see who is going to shine the brightest. It's a fun experience. CJ Stroud versus Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. You can't ask for much better than that. So, guys, understand that if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. All right. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H E L P.com slash locked on. This or that, guys, cornerback edition. And we're talking Kool Aid McKinstry, who's been in this hot seat before versus Nate Wiggins, <laughs> versus his own teammate, Terion Arnold. Kool Aid McKinstry listed at 6'1, 195 from the University of Alabama. Terry Arnold listed at six foot one ninety-six. And Keith, this was a this was this is a, a topic we've kind of discussed off air. Like, man, we gotta find a time to talk about these two yeah. guys and who's really CB1, right? As we get as we've gone through the film. And I, I'm gonna say this, Keith. It's crazy because when you look at them on tape, Terry Arnold looked like he looks to be the smaller guy. I think he's probably gonna be 5'11. You know what I mean? I don't think he's six foot. I think he's 5'11. I okay. think Kool-Aid is probably six one, six foot. We'll see. Probably six foot. But Kool-Aid looks like the taller, longer guy out of the two, right? But when I watch Terry on, he seems like the more physical yep. out of the two. And, you know, you think about those specific to the, the, the AFC North, right? The, 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 the NFC South, where it's physicality. Just it, he embodies that. A guy that will take on stock blocks, like just, you know, literally run support. He's a heavy hitter, you know what I mean, working downhill. But his his coverage ability in terms of footwork, patience, staying square, using one-inch steps, kick-stepping, kick-sliding, being, trying to stay within phase of guys, not being even – because, like, again, like and he can be aggressive and try to hard press, but I, I appreciate his usage of soft shoe, soft technique, don't have to get hands on. I could just mirror and match you, baby. And when you do get into your stem, I'm right there on that hip pocket. I'm going to squeeze you to the sideline if you go outside, turn my head and look for the ball. He, out of these two, Arnold has the best ball skills too. There was a play against Kentucky where I think he's playing zone. I think if I can remember, I think it was zone. To, they threw, uh, I think it was an out route to the left sideline. And his break like was so quick twitch and explosive. He made a diving interception, and I'm just like, yo, like this this kid is he's a little different in terms of the total package. So I think you talk I, when we talked. I think I can't remember if I had Nick Wiggins at CB one. You had Kool Aid McKinstry on that last on that mm-hmm. episode. Yep. Terry Arnold has a real real case for CB one in this class. No, I, I agree with that 100%. And the ball skills, DP, talk about the Kentucky game, but you want to go over ball tracking, right? Go put on the old Miss tape, man. And the interception he had against Ole Miss, I think he, he wasn't even on that wide receiver, right? And they were running vertical, and then he tracked the ball over his back shoulder, came up with I'm like, man, that's special, right? Like, you, that that's what you want out of your cornerback, man. And, not, and I always talk about this, right? Panic versus patience while the yeah. ball is in the air, and you don't you don't see him panic very much. Man, it's, it's, and the reason I want to pair these guys up, DP, because I, I think we kind of get a little bit into the conversation of potential versus kind of what you know it is right and I think mm-hmm. Quincy is more of the what you know it is because he's another soft shoe guy of uh, fluid hip smooth mover um you know can I, I think his he's more consistent across the board right as far as you can tell he's been doing it at a much longer time mm-hmm. playing the cornerback position and then Terion makes the flash plays right but there's also variance in what he's going to offer you. A couple of them, he's going to get beat in press, and you'll be like, oh, man, that was just bad eyes right there. 
why'd you do that right like you you know what i'm saying in those especially with those wide receivers what they start to do is now that it's the delayed release right it's that quick foot uh the, the, those those rapid feet right at, and when the ball is snapped and all they do is is they wait for the defensive back to declare or to make a false step right and you mm-hmm. can see that terryon he just has to become a little bit more patient in that but dp i mean we we, we have to pick one right we, we talked about it we have to pick one man and i'll i'll be honest i'm torn I think I'm going to go with Terry on and I'm going to go Terry on with this. I put it in my mock draft and, and man, I, my, one of my guys, he made me look so good for this mock James Bradbury DP. When he missed that tackle, <laughs> I said, you know what? I put Terry on in my mock draft. It couldn't be a better fit. Cause you just talked about Terry on willingness to tackle, right? And James Barry to the way he missed that tackle. I thought that was a rookie DP. I thought that was Keely Ringo, Elias Ricks. I thought that was a rookie the way, the way he over pursued it, that or under pursued it. I don't know what he was doing. I, I was just as lost as, as, as Ray Lewis, right? Me and Ray Lewis were sitting there like, what's going on? Oh, uh, but I'm, I'm going to go, if I had to pick this or that, I mean, something I usually don't do, but I'm going to go with the potential part of it with Terry on, because I've seen flashes of it on film. I'm going to pick him. No, listen, and Kool-Aid McKinstry is one of the better man-to-man corners is, in yep. this class, like through and through. I think right? he has the foot, the feet work, and I, I want to throw this in there for both of those guys, DP. Mm-hmm. I think they can get it done in different ways. I think they both have nickel versatility. Also, I think Terry, I'm, yeah, I think Terryon is your Devin Witherspoon nickel, right? Where you send mm-hmm. him on blitzes, you like let that. him do different things like that. I think that um I think that Kool-Aid is more of your play man on slot. And lock him up, right? I, I think I think that's what he is too. So I just wanted to throw that out there also as far as versatility with these guys off. No, I like that guy. I remember you, you know, you first said it, you know, it was like DB, I think he could play in the nickel. And I'm like, and my, my mind immediately went back to like where he's listed at six one. So we'll see when we get to the combine how tall the, the arm length of a Kool-Aid McKinstry. But like like you said, like this is one of the he, he's been one of the best man-to-man corners over like his career at Alabama, right? Like yep. I remember tweeting that out last year, you know, last draft cycle. I was like, he's not coming out this year, but man, the numbers he put up, this dude's been locked down in man-to-man coverage. No, he didn't give no. a, he didn't give up a lot of room to guys. We watched Brian Thomas Jr. Who's one of the biggest rises round of the wide receiver group. Yeah, no, he went up against Kool-Aid. It was very, very limited and little success had yeah. on that night. Yeah, and I will give them two DP um the the LSU game from last year. Go cut on that game when he battled uh Malik Neighbors, man. Yes. You're talking about Malik Neighbors had no choice but to make contested catches because Kool-Aid was right there on his back every single time. It was a very it was a heavyweight fight, felt like, right? Like it was, nah, like, it was. It was a big yep. fight feels where it was just like it was you mentioned it, Keith. It was crazy because like Malik Neighbors was pushing off so much because uh-huh. he was like Kool-Aid was attached to him. You know what I mean? Like a bad perm. Like he was right in the hip pocket over and over again. And I'm like, but you was, and I think that's probably one of the things with both of these guys is kind of like the play strength It against bigger receivers. You wonder like, all right, are you going to get chicken winged out of the spot? You're going to get out positioned on the boundary, things like that. Uh, You know, with the functional strength and body control and balance. But yeah, I mean, that was, that was one of my favorite battles to watch. Last, you know, and neither one of the guys were coming out in the draft. I just watched the tape just to watch it because they were just so fun to watch because of the the ability, the competitiveness, the physicality between the two. You could just tell two dogs in in, in one cage, and they're just trying to figure out who's going to own this cage. So I think for me, if you ask me, who am I picking, Keith? I'm I'm a go with potential as well. You know, I'm I'm a ceiling guy and all that good stuff. I'm a go with potential. I, I really I really like what I've seen from Terry on, and I've. And and the growth, I think you talked about it a couple times. Just growth, the growth yep. 
with Terry on the coachability with Terry on. I don't think we've seen the best of the best of Terry. I think we're just seeing just glimpses and the flashes of it. And I think there's some more brilliance to be had for this young man's game. And I can't wait to see him get with the NFL team, Keith. Yep, no, I agree 100%. That's the key to this, man. Growth, growth, growth. DP, you know what we're trying to do, man? We're trying to coach him up, right? We're about to pick the player. We're going to tell the coaches, man, who, the, who this, like I said, this guy has the traits. He has the tools, right? And I'm, I say this, right? I say this at the top of the show. Go ahead and drop comments, man. We on to the second segment, on to the third segment, as a matter of fact. Go ahead, comment, man. Talk to us. We like to talk back, man, and let's get this thing going. Coming up next, man, is the coach him up segment where we pick the player. We tell the coaches to coach him. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn is not just another job board, guys. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So it's very simple. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Buying tickets to your next big event should not be hard, stressful. It should be easy. It should be fun for you. But if you wait to the last minute, you will have none of those things because you're trying to compete with other buyers, deal with uh, trying to find the best deals and trying to avoid dealing with crazy scammers and scalpers of tickets. But let me introduce you to the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Guys, Game Time gives you last-minute tickets, Flash deals, zone deals. Their tickets are easy to find and buy. And this is my favorite part. They show the views from all the seats in the venue so you know which vantage point you will have before you purchase said ticket. If you are in the Baltimore area, you can go see C.J. Stroud versus Lamar Jackson, okay, this Saturday at 430 for at, on the Game Time app for as low as or as cheap as $114 per ticket. So all you need to do is download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Coaches, we got some guys we need you to coach up. And, and, and for me, Keith, I got to stay in my neck of the woods, the Clemson, South Carolina area. Okay, Rook Ororo, interior defensive lineman. How do you say University that? Again? How do you say that again? Rook Ororo. Okay, okay. You know what I mean? I got that down packed by now. I got it down packed. <laughs> Six four two ninety five. Keith, I, I I I graded him as a a mid to high second round pick. And I know people are like, well, DP, what do you mean you got to coach him up to get the best of him? I think the best version of him, Keith, is um, Ravens interior defensive lineman Justin Medobuike, like a guy who has what 12 and a half, 13 sacks, and he's interior D lineman. He's listed at six four. 305. So the, the body types are similar and the who they were as prospects from when I remember watching Justin coming out of uh coming out of college, they were similar. They were run first guys that were really good at the point of attack, long, arm length, all that good stuff. 
you just have to develop them even more so as a pass rusher. You saw the flashes and glimpses of quickness and, and burst off the ball. You saw them be able to soften angles and get quickly into the backfield. But it was more so building on that consistency, right? And I feel that's where Root can be. Now, again, 13, 12 and a half, 13 sacks from interior defensive linemen. That is not Chris Jones or not Aaron Donald. And he's not talked about. That's crazy to me. Oh. But that's the arc I, I see with Root, man. Uh, you know, verified from, you know, talking to sources, 34 inches on the arms, right? You know, this is a guy that's densely built, strong, and physical. There's reps on tape where he's not just collapsing the interior offensive line. He's putting guys on their backs. He's driving them backwards like a, you know, literally like he is a locomotive and it's hard to, if you don't get your hands into him, you don't get that bumper on the inside, he can work an interior offensive lineman. You know, he's got to work on some things in terms of hand counters, right? Being able to throw a double hand swipe, be able to give a long arm over, right? Just working the half man technique, getting that that long, that long punch, that long arm right down the center of the chest plate and basically neutralizing one half of the blocker and allowing it to allowing that to allow you. I now I work on the right side. So just the I think the nuance as a pass rusher needs to be coached up and just the, the technique of them. But, man, if you get that coached up on him, you got yourself in a legitimate three-down defensive lineman because, again, he, he's he's not 315, but the power he plays with will make you think he's 315. So right. I think for me, man, he's one of those guys, one of my favorite prospects in this class, a guy I can't wait to see where he lands, and we're going to see him down in Mobile as well. This is a guy that has a lot of a potential on third downs. He just got to be coached up from a pass rush situation. No, I, I like that DP, and I, I watched Rook a little bit during the season, right? And I, I just like those big guys, right? If, if I'm building a football team, I'm building them, and my defense alignment, I promise you we are not going to have Dallas Cowboys type issues, right? I'm, I'm getting real 300-pounders, and I want them to look the part. And I'll, I'll say this, man. I mentioned Justin Eboigui at the top of the show as a prospect for the Dallas Cowboys. I think Rook Aurora should definitely be on their radar, man. You just you can't underestimate those guys um that are consistent against the run right because it what it is is it, it sets a tone early and then come the third and fourth quarter those are the guys that are dominating in the trenches right and making it extremely difficult um for offenses to to get those key drives going when you're talking about the back end of the game so i, I like rook a lot also in, in those two guys rook and justin eborgby dp I'm talking about defensive linemen i love defensive line play uh those are two players that i will be looking at for sure at the senior bowl uh, because I think they have every opportunity to, to raise their draft stocks significantly. Um, much like for Darian Mathis, I think went to the senior bowl, um, mm -hmm. Byron Young from last year, right. Who I think was a second round pick, I believe. So, you know, both of those guys, they, they, they did the same thing, same body types. Right. And I think they can make a lot of, a lot of headway as far as raising their draft stock. DP, I'm going to go to small school, man. I'm going to go to small school and we've had, I don't want to throw comps out. Right. But we've had some small school wide receivers, right. We did the Calvin Austin, what for the 2022 draft, right? Draft, yeah. We we did Tank Dell, right? For the 2023 mm -hmm. draft. I'm gonna talk about Tulane wide receiver Jaquan Jackson. Yes, Tulane, right there in New Orleans, not too far from me, DP. Um, I, I watched the film. I watched the film the past couple of days, 
And I, I like some of the things I see. I think this is a guy that has a little bit, I want to see a wild wow factor, but I think he can put yeah. some DBs on skates a little bit. You talk about the short area quickness, ability to accelerate, decelerate, start, stop ability. Um, he has some of that, man. And then you watched him. Uh, I watched him against USC, watched a little bit against Ole Miss, right? Watched some clips. And I think he's a guy that at the top of the route, right? You're talking about that rocker step, being able to stem some defensive backs. He can get defensive backs on skates. And I think he's a three-level winner, meaning short, intermediate, and deep ball. Now, why is he in the coach him up second DP? There's a reason why you got to coach him up, right? You got to coach him up because I've seen some inconsistencies with the drops, right? So that means we got to get on the jugs machine. That's all that means, DP. I, I, I can't – listen, I could coach the catching part of it, right? I could put you on a jug machine. I can't coach you as far as the – I can't make you that much faster, right? I can't make you that much faster. So the speed he has is just a matter of the consistency catching the football, catching it in high traffic areas and just working on the, the little nuanced details. But this is a guy that is a punt return and kick return also. So you're talking about a guy that can contribute in multiple facets of the game. So definitely a person that I'm excited about when it comes down to potential to make plays. Now, I like that, Keith, because, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, you know, I can't teach you and coach you up the athletic traits, but I can get you to catch the ball better, right? And he's what listed like 5'11", 185. And now, Keith, I want to ask you real quick, is this a guy you think, is he going to be pro primarily a slot in the NFL? Do you think he, he can give you some outside some outside reps as well? I, I probably, I would probably, I think projecting, right, he's probably more of a slot wide receiver. Yes. I think he can give you some reps on the outside, but I think he, he'll probably be best at slot. I'll, I'll say that. I think he's best at slot, but I think he can be a high-level um, don't even want to call him a utility guy, but somewhat of that, right? Like, like I said, the kick return, the punt return, slot, jet motion, do some different things with him. And he has the short area quickness, um, ability to break tackles, uh, you know, via his elusiveness and, and, and just contact balance. So I, there, there's some things, some traits there that I like about him as a wide receiver. No, I mean, you know, I, have, I haven't gotten eyes on him yet, so I'm excited to see, uh, you know, what he's what he's able to do um, and just kind of how he moves, man, because, I mean, I think a big thing is, like, this is a big wide receiver class, right? You know what I mean? You look at all the guys we talk about at the top outside of Malik Neighbors are 6'3", you know, 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", with Marvin, Keon, and Rome. Um, you know what I mean? Then you think about Leggett and Troy Franklin, 6'2", 6'3". You know, it's just a lot of tall guys. So those smaller receivers – are going to find themselves a home day two and day three where teams are like, you know what? I need this specific type of skill set on my in my offense and on my team. And it sounds like this young man is going to have one, has one of those skill sets the teams are going to look at. And I can't wait to get eyes on him. Yeah, and I, I hope that he's paired on a team with either Michael Pratt or Michael Penix, right? Those high volume mm -hmm. throwers of the football and just being able to – I'm talking about the senior bowl. Um, yeah, yeah. Senior and, bowl. and I hope that, you know – we able to see him really run those one-on-ones and really grade that athletic profile. Cause I, I do think there's something there for him to get open and to make some plays. The DP, we're talking about it, man. Listen, that wraps up another show of the locked on NFL draft podcast. I told you that was gonna be an action-packed show, man. So if you haven't hit the like button, go ahead and like. If you haven't commented, go ahead and comment. And if you're not subscribed to the channel, go ahead and subscribe to the channel for more content just like this each and every single day, man. 24-7, 365. I want to say shout out to our everydayers. And listen, man, I am Keith Sanchez. You can find me on X at the talent code. That right there, man, that is my co-host. You can find him on X at DP underscore NFL, man. And like we always like to say, y'all talk to us because we like to talk back. Go subscribe and follow for free 
on YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts, get the latest episode as soon as it is available. Thank you for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day. Sorry for being our everydayers. We're getting into the senior bowl on tomorrow, guys. We're going to talk about some of those offensive tackles that you need to be watching yep. down in Mobile. We're about, what, a week and a half, two weeks away from the kickoff of the event. Man, you know that the draft starts in Mobile, and we can't wait to touch down. So, guys, come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.